0: Welcome back to the Mind Body Mentor podcast. What's up, beautiful beings? Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi, one of my favorite favorite whole food superfoods that just covers all of my base nutrients, and I feel like a superstar. So, if you want to support the podcast and also get yourself some amazing superfoods, use the code Mind Mentor for fifteen percent off at checkout. And today's guest is my brother Ben Holt, who is from Connect and Evolved. Ben is just an all around epic human musician. Um, facilitator of breath work and holds the 5-MeO toad medicine, administers it with, um, with deep, deep reverence. And one of the things that he told me to put in the intro was that if you are feeling called to this medicine, it is absolutely imperative that you find someone who holds it in the highest regard not only is it one of the most potent and powerful psychedelics out there but it also you know comes from the sonoran desert toad which is you know highly endangered you know we we uh when we support people who don't have good harvesting practices it just uh wreaks havoc on this um this species so yeah, we definitely want to take that into consideration, but without further ado, this is Ben Holt from Connect and Evolve. All right, so I'm here with my brother Ben. It's been, uh, we've been chilling for about 30 minutes and I feel like I've known this guy for uh, for years, man. Yeah, man. You're a brother.
1: It's, a, it's so good to be here in your space. Uh, you just smoked it out really nicely with some copal from Mexico so it is absolutely the best scent
0: yeah ever some copal and some hoppe yeah the way to the way to kick it off
1: we're bringing mexico to phoenix oh dude yeah we need more of that we need yeah. more of that absolutely
0: so yeah let's just get into a little bit first about your background mm-hmm little bit about your story so people can can have a, a, a deeper idea of what your mm-hmm. your message is and maybe some of the things that you've gone through brother.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah I grew up in a small town in Louisiana um, a place that is kind of notorious for the denseness and the lack of opportunity and so it's been a real incredible journey seeing kind of the complete polarities of darkness and light because half of my family, a lot of, a lot of them, um, either in prison or addicted to drugs. Um, and I was kind of led to believe that they, that may be my future. Mm. Um, and throughout high school, you know, not leaving the nest of Alexandria, Louisiana, I turned to like athletics Sports and really found my a way for me to express myself and release any excess energy through that mm. so that guided me to college which was also in Louisiana but in a little bit of a bigger town uh, where I studied sports medicine for a few years um, and then I kind of got trapped by this idea of money and the need and necessity for to have a lot of money and while that's great having a lot of money is great it was stemming from a place of of scarcity like we were discussing earlier and i thought wow you know if i don't have a lot of money if i'm not able to access and and allocate all these resources and money then what is my life does my life have meaning and in that place at that time it did not um and so I chased I chased the dragon, if you will, and I got, a, I was a part of this, I was about 19 years old, I was a part of a network marketing company called Limu, which had amazing health and wellness products, but many people will call a pyramid scheme, which yeah. is just multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chased it. I got on with a guy who was high up in the company, I went and lived at his house, we did, you know, we were constantly discussing different ways we could do strategies and, and uh, how to create more business and i got obsessed and i was like finally my life has purpose like mm-hmm. it's beyond me just expressing my energy and releasing my energy into sports now it's i can be known by my family and my friends and people around me as this person that is rich and wealthy and successful and i chased that idea for a little while and quickly realized when i like 4 months in when i was Uh, Speaking on stage in front of all these people about how successful we were and I had no money at the same time, I I quickly learned that, you know, that was all an illusion. It was all kind of this dream of sorts. And so after that, I was lost. I I became lost in a way um, and went through a little bit of a dark night of the soul of, well, what does my life mean then? What is the meaning of life? And from there, I was introduced, reintroduced to music. Mm. the music found me, it yeah. took me in, it said, we're going to be best friends for a little while. And I was part of multiple different bands. Um, I grew up playing piano, a little backstory as a kid. Um, I would go in there when I was like five and like play songs and remember, I would write and compose songs, had no idea what I was doing on paper, um, but I loved it. And we were speaking about this earlier, whenever you have these passions and you just completely mm-hmm. get... You forget about them almost yeah and you get lost in the the trap of the ego and the trap of the, the world and the world's vision
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so got to reconnect with music which was amazing and, and such a transformational period of my life with the music came the use of psychedelics recreationally yeah, absolutely and <laughs> <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so we were in psyched- I was in a psychedelic jam band I was the lead of a psychedelic jam band called psychedelic salamanders And it was almost just like a Grateful Dead remake in a way. So we had a six piece and we would all, we'd practice all the time and have fun and jam all the time, but we'd all dose just a little bit and then have some for the whole crowd. And then we'd improv for three hours. Just go off on a tangent, just 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 just
0: 15 minute songs. Yeah. yeah. And then have
1: melodies from like. People, songs that people recognize and love and just as soon as the yeah. melody hits, everybody's like, oh, yeah. and would be able to bust that out as well. And so that was very transformative. And I think the beginning of where I am now in, in terms of spirituality and, and this, this expanding of the mind, body, spirit, the heart. Um, and so I attribute a lot of my journey to kind of music saving mm. my life in a way. Um, and so we played music for years and, you know, this was how I paid the bills. This is how I was able to get through college. This is <laughs> back to college. Um, this was my life playing in dive bars for three hours at a time, mm-hmm. drinking beer, eating pizza for That'll, free. Uh, <laughs> take a toll on the nervous system and yeah. on the physical body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so it wasn't in the, the healthiest state of being at the time, but I was able to do what I loved and, yeah. and to receive that, um, Dude, that matters so
0: much more. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even though, yeah, we need to take care of our physical vessel so so much, but at the same time, if you are doing what you love, mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to have such such a, a greater effect on your
1: your um you know your mind body capacity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, eventually finding the balance. Yeah, between exactly. health and the body, the mind, the spirit, doing what you love. Um, but it was it was fascinating to me because whenever I was with Limu when I'm in business when I was in business
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'd go knock on someone's door to try to cl- close a deal and I would immediately be met with this animosity I'd be met with this what are you doing here get out of here we don't want any you know yeah. when I was playing music I'd go knock on a restaurant's door to talk about a potential gig and they'd welcome me in they'd give me a beer and some food <laughs> yeah. and, and say hey when can we book you you mm-hmm. know and so it was, it was this beautiful transition um, with the music. And then, as I was making my way through college, doing all kinds of different entrepreneurial things, trying to make my own way, changing my major five times because academia wasn't for me. I was an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur's son. Soon as I graduated with a general studies degree, we played this huge show, and it was me. I'll never forget it. It was this beautiful, beautiful show under these giant tents. And we had this guy come in with all these lights, And it was kind of like the finale to that chapter. I was offered a position with this company called Waiter, which was a smaller DoorDash or Uber Eats, Mm. um, where we worked in C cities. So, like cities like Chattanooga, cities like, um, let's see, like Flagstaff, smaller cities like Phoenix, but also not around Sedona size either. Um, And so, I was the first time that I was ever presented with. An opportunity to actually make some money to actually Mm -hmm. put some away and salary plus commissions and all the the deal and so I I fully invested and um, (laughs) I fully invested in I'm a born salesman you know i when I'm passionate about something when I believe in something yeah it it just emanates off of me Um, and so quickly we launched like 25 cities in 11 months so I, was tra- I traveled 100,000 miles in a year in my car, boom, 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 all over the country. And I was quickly um, seen as, as someone that was really good at this, you know. And, and I was first through third when it came in terms of um, in closing deals for the month, every month. I was in the top. And at first there was 10 of us at the time. I was the fourth one. By the end of the 11-month period that I, I worked with those guys, there was 50 of us. So it was this huge growth trajectory that I was able to grab onto, this this rocket ship of growth. And when they asked me what my, my secret was, it was hilarious, So when they brought me in, they had me stand up in front of all the, the BDMs, the business development managers. They're like, what's your secret? I was like, well, my secret is microdissing LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> to bro. be honest yeah, with yeah. you. Um, yeah. And it was that, and the passion I had for it. But uh, yeah, they didn't like that so much. And I quickly realized that I was one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, that it was
0: I, it. Was a it was the thing to get you to the next thing.
1: Yes, it gave me. It was a healthy. Yeah. It was a healthy um, resource. Yeah. In the term, in the sense that. You know, even whenever my boss asked me, like, what's your goal? A million dollars, $250,000 a year? What's your goal? And I said, my goal is to grow. Like, yeah. Now, I'm not thinking in terms of money. Like, what would I do with a million dollars? Like, get a house, get a car. Yeah. Well, what else do I need? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> buy more instruments? <laughs> yeah, buy more instruments, yeah. <laughs> buy an instrument store. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was able to put some money away and I was able to to... 11 months in, one month before the options were vested because I was so early in the company, they fired me and I was going to quit the next month. So whenever that happened, I felt this huge relief off my shoulders Mm -hmm. and had some money in my pocket. And so I said, I'm going to go and do something that I've wanted to do for a little while now. And I'm going to go do ayahuasca. And so I booked my trip to Costa Rica, go drink ayahuasca. I went down there, had a beautiful experience. Ayahuasca was really... You know, a lot of people experience a really hard time with ayahuasca. And I just had this beautiful, profound, I mean, just incredible journey with her. And she was so gentle and, and affectionate with me. And that's the moment where I kind of fell in love with expanding of consciousness and plant medicine. And it was the first time I ever felt absolute truth. It's the first time I ever had a mystical experience of any kind. But the absolute truth was what really changed me because I realized that we're always thinking with our mind. We're always thinking with the prefrontal cortex. We're always digesting information with this thinking mind. But when I was in that state of being with ayahuasca, the information that was being given to me didn't go through here. It went straight into my heart. It went straight into my gut. It went straight into my soul. And that feeling of intuition, the the concept of intuition was sparked. Because where I'm from is is none of that, man. There's <laughs> zero. There's negative spirituality. All of the spirituality, all of the self development is is built around Christianity, very toxic version of it, and money. And so, from there, I I was sold. I had drinking the Kool Aid or the ayahuasca in this in this, <laughs> in this situation, yeah. and I uh, I got offered a opportunity to. Um, an opportunity online I set intentions saying that, you know, I really want to be able to go travel. I really want to be able to break out and, and Go see the world something that very few if any people where I'm from have been able to do I got granted with this opportunity online almost a week later And it was the perfect opportunity that I needed to go and travel and see the world so I went and traveled in South America mostly in Colombia Sat with some medicine, but at the time was really uh, focusing on film, creating films and yeah. and 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 expressing myself in that way because I always had an eye for photography, but there was some block between me and expressing myself creatively in that way. Um, and I finally I said I'm gonna I'm gonna get the damn camera, I'm gonna get the gimbal, I'm gonna get the drone, I'm gonna go to Columbia and I'm gonna be a filmmaker. I don't know why I decided to do that But it's what happened You just did it I just You did got it. the call and you, and you did it I did it and I, and I thought that that's what I was going there to do And I did go there and do that What I realized In Colombia Whenever I started to travel Was that What Had happened to me Is that I was, l- I was living Acting, doing For everyone else I was trying to meet everyone's expectations. I was trying to please my girlfriend, my parents. I was trying to prove to them, the people Mm -hmm. who were closest in my life, that I was worthy, that I was worth something. I was trying to prove my worth. That was the driving force behind why you were making decisions to... Do everything. Mm -hmm. Back at home. Back at home. Yeah. So, I wasn't acting for myself. I wasn't living for myself. and. We have to first live for ourselves to discover ourselves so that then we can then live for others in a healthy way. Absolutely. And so when I got to Columbia, I I realized that, oh my gosh, I know no one. I don't speak the language. I'm free to be me. No one expects anything of me here.
0: That's the beauty about traveling to new spaces Mm -hmm. is that you... um, No one has already put you in a box of who who they think you are.
1: And when you show up to an ayahuasca retreat yeah you automatically have this this perceived identity you yeah. know of sorts when you show up in the streets of Colombia with nothing, no one there <laughs> nobody gives a shit imagine. what you are yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nobody cares and so then it was it was my opportunity to really be myself and I had never even known who that was and discover yeah. who I am and so A few months go by, I kind of lose my way in the sense of the the expanding of consciousness and and spirituality, and it was more of an expanding my creativity. And then I got kind of caught up in this Medellin Medellin facade of having a a penthouse at the top of a high-rise with, you know, five girlfriends and living living the Columbia dream, you know? I got Pablo Escobar out there and and was there for Christmas and New Year's, and Columbia is notorious for that time of the year, and... There was a lot of, a lot of uh, indulgences. Oh, yeah. um, I bet, I bet. And I was like, okay. At, after three months, I was like, I was supposed to be there for 15 days. Three months go by. I'm like, okay. I've, I created a company, Bolt Media Collective. I was making films for one of the top tour agencies in Medellin. I was at a motorcycle. I mean, I was living the dream yeah. quickly. I had employees, everything. And then I said, hey, guys, I got to go back to the United States for a wedding. My best friend was getting married. I go back to the USA. I do the wedding. I tell everyone I'm I'm gonna you know go be a baller in Colombia. Like this is my dreams, my intention, everything. Two weeks go by. I'm staying with my brother Jason, who is also in this web that we've been talking about. He's very connected with all of our people. Um, I go stay with him, and he's like, "Man, you know what? While you're here." You should really go up to New York and do Bufo with uh, Dr. John. I said, huh, what's buffo? Who's Dr. John? What are you talking about? And that was a weekend, and I remember, backing up a little bit, I remember, why do I feel like I need to stay in the United States? Why am I not being called back to Columbia right now? My whole intention is to go be you know, the penthouse guy in Columbia. That would be living the dream, right? And he says, you should really go up to New York and do buffo with Dr. John. I'm like, well, maybe this is why. And so I go up to New York. I, I book a ticket for like the next day or something. Nothing else to do. Go up to New York and I plan it out to where I'll film New York for three days. Never been. New York City. And on the fourth day, I'll go do this medicine. Which I didn't know at the time the term medicine was. I had no idea about any of it really.
0: Yeah, you're like medicine yeah, or psychedelics? Yeah, we- yeah like <laughs> Tylenol or what? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> um, and so I go up there and three days in, I'm like... New York. I'm totally pissed at everyone. Like, I'm fully yeah. Manhattaned, right? Yeah, and, yeah. like, I'm moving <laughs> from one hostel to the next. It's like 50 bucks for a bunk. I just come back from Columbia where it's, everything's super cheap. I'm like, this is yeah. stupid. What am I doing here? Somebody flips me off. I'm like, yeah, fuck you too, you know? Just totally. <laughs> just like it, full-on New Yorker. Yeah, full-on New Yorker. And uh, it took three days. And um, on the fourth day, I remember leaving my hostel for, like, a 40-minute drive from Brooklyn to Upper East Side Manhattan. Um, and I was like okay I'm super <laughs> agitated I'm gonna try to meditate and relax in this cab before I get there and so I drop into like a 20-minute meditation and it works wonders also it was fasted all day and I was instructed to be and it was like five o'clock in the afternoon so I was hungry and I was able to get a meditation in the cab I get there I'm relaxed I'm like okay let's do this I meet John Big guy, big white guy with a beard, you know, had his, all his beads on and his his garb on. I'm like, wow, this is interesting, okay? Go in there, I meet Sergio, 25-year-old dude from Colombia time I was 25. Uh, I'm like, I just got back from Colombia, and we're the same age. How cool. Mm. And he's like, yes, probably yes. Yes. And welcome, uh, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, welcome. And uh, I'm like, yeah, man, this is. I'm excited about this. You know, I've I've smoked DMT multiple times. I've I've even served you know DMT to several of my friends. I just got done drinking ayahuasca. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked. Let's do this thing. And yeah, boy, did I did I have no idea what I was stepping into.
0: Yeah, is a different another it, level.
1: It's another level, and and. Specifically for me, what that experience did, well, we'll get into it, um, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. You know, no no nervousness, no anxiety, no nothing, have no idea what to expect. And he's like, okay, take a deep breath in, let it go, read this prayer, bring more deep breaths, and go. John serves me. And my experience is the ineffable, right? You can't yeah. begin to comprehend these experiences, but... I thought that I was pulled out of the third, and I love looking back at this and laughing. Mm-hmm. Since then, I thought that I was pulled out of the third dimension and brought into the truth, the actual world, sucked yeah. from the matrix and brought into the five D, where we could teleport, we could speak yeah. with telepathy. There was floating cars outside. You know, it was it was nirvana. And when he when I was reassured that <laughs> it was two thousand and I, I forget when it was, but. I was reassured that that wasn't the case, that I was back here. I was slightly confused, and then I was like, okay, I'm a logical dude. If my mind can expand that far, my consciousness can go that far and come back into this body, anything is possible. I thought that was the takeaway, and I was wrong. John told me that night, I actually stayed at his apartment that night. He told me, I was connecting with you whenever I was behind, behind you when you were in your medicine ceremony. And you're very close to living your, your purpose and your mission in this life. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, some old wacky shaman dude, white dude in New York tells me, <laughs> tells me that. Like, cool story, man. Yeah. And so I leave New York and I go back to Louisiana and my buddy invites me to Austin, Texas. To relax and play music at his girlfriend's lake house, which was the perfect Sounds place. Plush. Plush. Uh, and integration was never discussed. This was not. A, yeah. This was a time where integration didn't even really exist. It was very small circles, very, um, very clinical integration at mm-hmm. the time. It wasn't uh, widespread and known in the medicine world. And so I go and I integrate in Austin without knowing what that is. Um, super energetically sensitive. My nervous system's totally open and receptive to everything, anything anybody does. I'm really sensitive to. And so I'm sitting on the dock of that lake house at like seven in the morning, feeling the sunshine on my back, my feet barely dipped in the water, and my bandana was over my eyes. And I felt this bzz, this shock go through my body, and I was like, "Huh, well." While I was in meditation, I pulled up my blindfold, and the water, the trees, the 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 ground, everything was no longer what it used to be. It was all geometry. It was all the mechanics of what it is. And I saw it.
0: The connections in between.
1: The connections in between. I saw it for that. And I'm not on any psychedelics at this time. This is five days after the experience. I saw it. And then I remember hearing super far away conversations. A bee flapping its wings having these crazy super profound sensory experiences and then I felt the profound stillness and the ecstasy and I sat there in this stillness in this ecstasy for hours and hours and hours and hours until I lost track of time and in that moment I realized that I was having uh, the experience of samadhi this experience that I had read about Mm -hmm. a lot by these different monks and these yogis going up meditating in these caves for 30 years and then just spending the entire life just to touch this moment, yeah. just to scratch the surface of this moment and connecting with these, the essences of these different ascended masters, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, in those moments and feeling that connection to all of those yogis who had ever experienced this and those monks who had ever experienced this, knowing that if I took this moment right now and I sat for years, that I would be able to live in this ecstasy and this bliss for the rest of my life. And feeling that moment, just like a near-death experience, that I do not want to come away with from this. I do not want to leave this. I want to stay here forever. Because it felt, you know, unimaginably, um uh, perfect. Mm. And I, when my friend finally woke up at like 2 p.m., I had been out there, <laughs> you know, completely still. Um, and I was like, brother, I'm having something's happening right now. I was like, I need you to lay down and he laid down and I had a feather with me. I'll never forget this. I got a feather from the store and the feather was telling me what to do with the feather to him and in cleansing and then told me, you know, now tell him to go jump in the water. He went and jumped in the water and that's when the connection was made. That's when this, the, the switch was flipped that moment completely transformed my entire trajectory of life. For an entire month after that, I was literally a walking ball of bliss and light and love. Completely egoless. I removed everything from my social media and I was like, I am me. How long did that last? It lasted 30 <laughs> days. Because and I'll never forget, I, I mean, you would have held this pin and I would have been like, this pin is so like everything, the moments, like everything, was immaculate. My friends were like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. whoa, like what's going on here? You're so liberated." I was like, "Yeah, Namaste." You know, <laughs> like just it, it is it, that that's it. And I remember thinking, like, "Okay, brother, you got to integrate this. You got to come back down to earth, and you got to go learn to work with that medicine." And what I didn't realize that now I know was that medicine, 5-Methyloxy-DMT, is the most efficient and reliable tool for creating the space within someone's being, creating the space, removing, we just talked about Ganesha, removing obstacles, listening to Prangi, mm-hmm. removing all of the, the clutter and the crap and the trauma and the detrimental memories so that the connection that is our inalienable birthright to spirit can be made. And once that connection was made, I knew that this is the only thing that matters. Is that. The only thing that can save humanity, Right. that can guide humanity in a direction that's going to be conducive for generations to come, is the forgetting. (laughs) Not the gaining, but the forgetting, the creation of space so that the connection to spirit can be made and integrated and so I went back to Manhattan I became John D's first men, uh, first apprentice my buddy Jason came with me and it was hilarious because after I had the experience a couple of days later I'm like whoa dude what's happening like is this normal blah 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 and out of nowhere he goes you're gonna come be my little toad apprentice aren't you <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, I guess so. He man. already knew. Yeah, he, he was already knew. Seeing that, yeah. He knew, it. and and we went up there, and and over the course of two weeks, probably saw a hundred people come into that apartment in Manhattan. Wow. And flushing them out. Oh, flush. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, my mentor <laughs> is a he's he's a, he's a monster. He's incredible. I've he, never met anyone who has. Well, he was a psychiatrist for thirty years. Yeah. So I never met anyone who has. The patience, and the consistency, the energy, and the love, and the passion that he has for that medicine, is 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 paramount. And he's able to just mm. serve, you know, and be in that service. It's what fulfills him. And you know, in Manhattan, people would come in riddled with anxiety, riddled oh, yeah. with depression, into where they they're literally walking in like this.
0: Yeah, I worked in Sedona when I worked there for a while. Uh, you know, we'd have people traveling from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say they're from New York. I can already, I can already feel what their body feels like. It's you know, it's disturbed. like it's, it's so, <laughs> it's so funny how it's like um, the defense systems that uh, a body takes on just from the area of the space that people live. It's fascinating. It's very fascinating how it physically manifests.
1: It's it's incredible. And you know, after every session, I'm like, hey, bro. You might want to think about moving out, like leave. What are you doing like, here? No, this
0: is where people need the medicine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's where people need the medicine. And 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 like every time mm. I'm like, why do people live here? Because they'd walk in, just yeah. I'm talking about, you know, and I would watch them leave an hour later, a normal person mm. having a conversation. Yeah, open. I'm I'm good. Do, do you Get think it? it's like a remembering?
0: Because that's what it felt like to me. Mm.
1: In a sense, yes. It's, it's, you know, with that, Madison, the ineffable. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to F the, the ineffable in, for years. <laughs> the
0: ineffable first.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I believe that, yes, it is a sense of remembering in the sense that we go to a place with the 5-methyloxy-DMT experience, the experience of non-duality, is our original, where we originally thrive from as before we come into these bodies. It is... It, it's almost like poking our head in the window of our home, like oh my god, and, and then, then coming come back, back, and it's quick, and we come back to you know the density of the third yeah. dimension. It's so fast, yeah. But just that expands our consciousness so far. It shows us that we are able to access that, yeah,
0: on a day to day basis.
1: And, and not only does it show us that in a sense of understanding that with the prefrontal cortex, but it allows our whole entire system. It's almost like an a DNA upgrade. It's a played out term, but it's literally like the update, the upgrade Mm -hmm. in human consciousness that has been brought here, um, in many forms, but this medicine in particular, Five Methyloxy DMT, that is going to transition us from fear-based um need to allocate resources need to, you know, we all live in homes, in boxes yeah. by ourselves. You know, this need to protect. Protect my, Come, my stuff. Right, coming out of yeah. the Kali Yuga, right, for example, into the next stage, the Dwarpa Yuga, which mm-hmm. we're in now. It's the one of the primary tools I find for the transition of human consciousness to where not only is it healing, super long lines of, of the lineages, the ancestral mm-hmm. The ancestral lineages, it's healing from lives of your grandma's, 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 grandma. Yeah. All the way up whoop, to this life. And then what does that do? It creates a new energy. It creates a harmonized energy so that going forward, when you integrate this, and which we'll get into, going forward, the generations no longer have to suffer the same repercussions mm. from our previous years and from our previous ancestors. Yeah because it's been dense for a long time
0: yeah you know in my study of trauma and um, trauma within the body you know um, Mm -hmm. in somatic psychology i've come to the realization that almost all trauma is ancestral to begin with yeah almost all um, of that dense imprint is put on us by it's incestual hurt people hurt people and that's just, and without, just even can, and that, without even trying. Without even trying, yeah, just by being. And um, there's this concept of becoming a transitional character, yeah. And I, I forget the psychologist who coined that term, but to become a transitional character is one of the um, it's one of the highest regards in this human existence to, mm. to to be the one who finds a way to metabolize the poison that has been passed on to them. Mm-hmm. Turn into gold. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and break the pattern and not pass it on to their children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To become
0: that transitional character.
1: And absolutely. And so that's a, that's the perfect, that's the perfect way to like encapsulate this, I believe, because now, you know, me feeling like, oh my God, this is, this is uniquely happening to me. You know, that sense of, uh, I've been chosen or something like this, right? Yeah. You quickly learn otherwise. And then I, I, I realized, which we'll uh, get into more, I realized really quickly that this was happening on a massive scale. This healing of consciousness and expansion of the mind is not happening just to me and those few people coming into the apartment. But it was happening on a massive scale. And it was, on, and it was in its adolescence. It was in its adolescence. How long ago was this? This was three years ago. Okay. It was in its adolescence. And, and I realized that quickly. <clears throat> but backing up, after my experiences in New York, I said, this is it. This is, you know, this is the medicine. This is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So I went with um, my mentor and my mentor's mentor, Madhu Anand. He needs no introduction. He serves medicine all over the place. Um, I went with them to Mexico went with them traveled to New York we traveled to like 10 different states hosting these big circles mostly the USNT in Houston huge circles 80 people ceremonies big circles one wow. at a time 14 hour days 3 days in a row of just service that's when i quickly realized that there was a huge hole in all of it people were contacting me they were contacting jason they were contacting John, and John's busy serving. You know, that's his mission is, boom, blasting Just out Just get the medicine out there. Right. Yeah. They were contacting us saying, I don't know what to do with myself. My, I no longer know who I am. My husband or wife doesn't know who I am. My kids don't know who I am. I can't go to work. I don't know what to do my life is my everything is is falling apart around me and then i realized (laughs) there's no fucking integration
0: (laughs) there's no integration yeah how do how do you how do you come back to your day-to-day life after having an experience like that exactly going back to work your corporate job exactly
1: and so (laughs) i you know I, i i've been an entrepreneur for years and and i'm active like I like to do things and so I'm like I got to create an integration document so I get with my buddy Jason and we talk about you know what are the most important things for integration going out in nature what ha- what worked for me mm-hmm. going out in nature being in stillness being away from any dense vibrations like a a boss that micromanages you or your spouse that's constantly shaming you for something or yeah. or your kids that annoy the shit out of you like at times Being by yourself, being in the vibration of nature, stillness, meditation, Mm -hmm. nurturing yourself, loving yourself, taking salt baths, listening to the music you love, being around people that understand Mm -hmm. and that are going to be uplifting no matter what. You know, we all have those people in our lives and they're all amazing. And so made this document, finished it, sent it to John sent it to a few different centers in Mexico, sent it everywhere I could, you know, and it's like, hey man, we got to get the word out. Like you're doing this on a massive scale, getting the medicine out there. Um, There's got to be a follow-up protocol of sorts. And so I was like, if this document is all we have, then let it be all we have. And at the time, that's literally all we had. We weren't connected to the conclave or to any secret societies that were, uh, you know, very niche and very small in the 5MEO DMT community. Mm -hmm. It was a totally different world. And so we put it out there and I said, I'm going to go to Asia. You guys keep doing your thing. I'm going to go to Asia for a year. I'm going to study breath work, yoga, sound healing, meditation. I'm going to get my certifications in those things so that we can create a, a integral and a holistic approach to utilizing this medicine as a tool and not just simply, you know, killing people's egos and so sending blasting them out their people
0: day. and then sending them people yeah yeah man yeah. i've uh yeah we should really dive into this integration process because that's something that i have been seeing with um you know uh, for a lot of my listeners they've understand that psychedelics have played a huge part in my um mm-hmm. expansion of consciousness but for the uh you know in, in Terence McKenna's words uh, you know once you get the message you can hang up the phone yeah <laughs> and it's like yeah. you know um, Terence I, I think for a lot of us or a lot of people you know we, we have those uh, transcendent peak experiences from psychedelics and and uh, we really can't put them into words and and we feel like that's the only place that we really mm-hmm. receive those downloads at. But it's like, okay, we receive those downloads. And then the real power in it is how does it change how we walk yeah. in our day-to-day basis? Exactly. How does it change how we show up for ourselves? How does exactly. it change how we show up for others? And especially in my work as of lately, you know, doing somatic release breath work with, <laughs> with, with lots of people and, and taking people through, you know, uh, crazy cathartic states and, you know... Um, incredible insights and messages from their, you know, their higher selves or the future selves or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, they were, you, you receive so much in that peak experience, mm-hmm. whether it's Bufo, whether whatever the, whatever the tool is and how does it change how you show up yeah. for, for, you know, how does it change how you walk? Yeah. And it's been, uh, it's been interesting to, to, um, to help people along that journey because another thing is that like you know we a lot of us have these you know these traumas and you know i've discussed in my previous podcast like what trauma actually is trauma is not what happens to us it's not the traumatic thing that happened Mm -hmm. to us it's what happens inside of us Mm -hmm. based on what happens to us
1: how we respond
0: how we respond and and how we respond internally is usually a sort of a defense system yeah whether it's running, hiding, blaming, shaming, sedating, yeah. um, shutting down—all of those different responses, those defense systems come up, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's part of the innate intelligence of our being, yeah. um, and it has helped us. Um, but that defense system, that beautiful defense system that has come up, becomes the thing that blocks us later on down the line. Yeah. So, and then people build their whole identity. Around these traumas or these defense systems or they call it that's my personality or that's just how I am or that's like you know how I am in relationship or Mm -hmm. how I am um, in business and then you know when they lose those defense systems or they process through them whether it be through whatever modality it is their whole identity and their whole life has been based around that Mm -hmm. and then they come back to it and they're like who the fuck am I?
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: what do I, what do I do? So like for me, and I don't, you know, I've done Bufo once and I've had profound insight from it, but you know, a lot of the beginning session, the beginning of the breath work session specifically, you know, it's clearing a lot of that out. It's mm-hmm. helping people clear it out of the physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a purging effect, mm-hmm. you know, it's catharsis. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is okay. Now that you've cleared a lot of it out what do you want to put back in? Mm -hmm. How do you want to show up? Exactly. What do you want to like? It's clearing and then anchoring. Yeah. So you get those profound insights. How do you want to show up? Okay. Now how do we develop an integration protocol, which I actually have not necessarily created specifically yet. Um, So that you can continue to make the choices day in and day out or have some sort of daily practice that is a reminder of
1: how you want to show up. Exactly. And it's the three words that came to my mind when we were designing retreats was release, activate, integrate. Mm. Emptying the cup of everything. Everything. Then you can really discover this is how I feel without all the, the bullshit. Yeah. This is how I feel without the expectations, without the identification with that trauma. This is me, yeah. and that is—it's so freeing. This is, you know, <clears throat> what I believe is considered salvation and written about it in the Bible. It's what I consider being born again. You know, whenever you're emptied, yeah, you're empty. We forget it all, and then who? Here we are, baby, <laughs> baby me, as a we human, autonomous humans. being. Yeah, um, and then that activation. What are you choosing? To create in your life what is your purpose and how can we foster that purpose how can we stoke the flame of your purpose and then how can we anchor that in like you said Mm to where this is me and I'm open and receptive and conscious of everything around me but this is what I'm choosing for myself because it serves my highest good and it serves the planet and it serves my expression of God, whatever that is, um, and that was really my intention. Like you're, t- you know, the breath work. That's why I'm so interested in what you do with the somatic, the the body work, the, the somatic release with the breath and the body and the the connection. Because I completely fell in love. I was like, oh, breath work's cool. I'll do some Wim Hof. When I went to Asia, it was I'm gonna go find something that allows people to reach these states of consciousness mm-hmm. and these cathartic releases in this rebirthing experiences without the medicine. Because there's you know it's a totally different conversation to have, but limited amount of toads in the world, you know, as before yeah. I knew about Jaguar, etc. But there has to be the balance there. There has to be the the modalities that we use to, like you said, what helps us to walk in the world. You can come back and do buffo a thousand times, but if you go back to your everyday same experiences Then you're going to become the product of that environment Mm -hmm. so how do you change your internal state uh, for good you know not just for a moment Um, and so went there dove super deep into breath work first thing I did was go to India and and do a meditation training and and just get more understanding of meditation and I, Mm -hmm. I think anytime anybody goes to India to do a meditation training the whole training is built around being able to meditate in India because it's so fucking noisy, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you go and, and so I did that, and then went to Bali, worked with this guy named Alex Suk, um, studied a ton of cold exposure, uh, alkaline breath work that Zindan does. Uh, he does breathing yeah. cold breath work, the Wim Hof variations. Yeah, um, you know, fell in love with that, and then started learning more about the. Um, Releasing trauma and releasing energy and, re- mm-hmm. and dispelling, you know, emptying the cup through connected cyclical breathing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. In studying music and frequency, taking that mm-hmm. that previous understanding of music and tonality and notes and the combination of these things into the world of sound healing and how it resonates with different energy centers, the chakras and the endocrine system. Um. And and just completely consume myself in that basically built my identity around you know mm. everything I was learning here. And it wasn't until, I remember Karma House in Ubud, Bali, they were like, yeah, come teach workshops. I'm like, yes. Somebody took me in. Mm. It wasn't until I formulated a process, a three-hour process where you go in, work with bioenergetics, shake it out, yeah. come into the breathing experience that not only can you do today, but you can carry with you for the rest of your life to use to hack your physiology, to bring you into a state of relaxation, to prime your body and bring you into a state of energy, um, and then into the healing of the frequency in the sound bath. So that process, when that was done and felt right and resonated with me, that's whenever my brother, I met randomly by chance through like four people, it was like, hey man, I, I walk with a toad. And so <laughs> <laughs>
0: I walk with the toad. I
1: walk with the toad. I carry the toad. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. Next thing I know, we're, we're meeting and he's received the same. And this is whenever I had that realization I spoke of earlier. He received the same training, the same understandings, the same uh, realizations, the same everything in his transition with this medicine. Two totally different lineages. I'm way down here in the South, and up in New York. He's over in California. That's when I realized this isn't just happening to me. This is happening on a global scale of the collective consciousness. And he said, you know, here's, here's, I'm going to give you some of this medicine. So it wasn't until I left, completely let the medicine go, came, refined this practice Mm -hmm. of integrating techniques and, and holistic techniques that the medicine came back to me. And then i spent the next two months uh facilitating for the facilitators in a boot <laughs> It's very fluffy there yeah, uh yeah. and so they you know had ego deaths and they're like whoa okay I'm, I'm gonna yeah rethink the way that i do things yeah. uh, and then got booted out of there with covid and uh, sent back mm-hmm. to the united states and since then that was in march of 2020 and since then it's just been gangbusters man the spirits has this plan and i have completely surrendered to that plan um, and it's, yeah, I'm just riding the wave of these retreats. We've hosted mm-hmm. like eight retreats in the past seven months, uh, mostly here in Sedona at Grace Grove, um, combining all of it together, some with medicine, some not with medicine. Um, but really bringing it all together to bring people through these experiences of releasing, activating and integrating their true selves. And, the results have been just for me, mind blowing because you write it down, you go learn all these things, you write it down on a sheet of paper, you're like, oh, this looks like a good flow of retreat. And then somebody yeah. comes up and tells you, like, I'm free of my demons that I carry for 40 years. Yeah. And you're like, what do you say to that? Dude, <laughs> you know? That's why. That's, that's why. why. Yeah. Yeah. And and now here we are. And the what we were speaking of earlier, the web of connections has been unbelievable connecting and there is a very specific thing that happened a few years ago where the collective consciousness shifted and so now i'm meeting all these people that have had the same exact not the same exact but very similar experiences in their transition and consciousness and their their purpose in life Mm -hmm. they discovered that around the same time and this is with people that have been in the spiritual world for years This is people that have never meditated in their life These are people that have been leaders in the Mm. spiritual world that we're affiliated with. Something shifted, and what do you think that is? I have no idea. I think you know my my greatest theory studying um, um, Ken Wilber and collective consciousness in the theories that he has, and we go through these different stages of collective consciousness. And whenever a a, you know society reaches a ten percent kind of threshold of a certain style of consciousness then the tipping effect happens and it radiates and spreads across humanity. I just think that we're in the new era. You know, the the fifth dimensional new age, the age of Aquarius. I, you know, I always thought of that as woo-woo even whenever I was experiencing it firsthand, but now I see it. I feel it everywhere I walk. I see it in the people around me. We're living in a new world. In a new world. Yeah, exactly. Where you come in and you share... Hoppe and you like the Copal, you know, <laughs> and this is obviously pretty niche, but yeah. it's spreading that everyone oh, wants to, to feel themselves. Everyone wants to experience their true nature because they want to experience God. People have been chasing after God for centuries and for the entire time when that's been happening for centuries. The only way to pursue God was to pursue the church and to follow the church's guidelines. We're in this blessed new world where we have not only the access to infer- all the information in the known universe, but we have access to the tools to bring us to the places where yeah. God has been being experienced for generations. We can go to Peru and experience God firsthand with ourselves through plant medicine. We can go to India and go into a cave and meditate with the yogis and monks and, and experience God firsthand through our own selves. We now know, as a collective, that God is not removed from us; it's within us, mm-hmm. and we're experiencing it more and more and more. And people like yourself and myself, in this this big web that yeah. I'm noticing, are providing those experiences, and we're learning to do it with humility. I think that's the main that's the, the main thing that we, as practitioners and facilitators, have to remind ourselves of is that you're not doing shit absolutely you're doing nothing you're just becoming the vessel for for something else to play through you you're just a a, spirit is the stage is the director the producer the playwright it it is everything and you're just a little (laughs) actor on it's moving through you as soon as you
0: as soon as you start to let that god complex through it just like it 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 breaks the magic and that's happened with almost everyone yogi bhajan yogi bikram yeah
1: osho all of them the greatest yeah quote unquote yeah and now they have documentaries (laughs) exactly (laughs) that aren't very favorable
0: yeah it's funny like running this facilitator training like the first thing um i get into is the concept of holding space yeah and like that's a woo-woo term but it is literally what you are doing if you are helping someone in any sort yep. of capacity. Yep. Um and the opposite of holding space I think is fixing. Yeah, being in that fixing mentality. Yeah. And coming from a body work background and you know, a sports medicine background, same you're f- thing. Yeah. Fixing. <laughs> you're fixing. Yeah. Dude, someone comes to you with an issue in their shoulder, you're like, I'm already thinking of a protocol in my head that, that is sense. like gonna try to fit you know, okay. I'm gonna yeah. like, pec minor, I'm gonna fucking flip yeah. it over, I'm gonna like okay, I'm gonna release this muscle, I'm gonna do this, and then I'm probably gonna turn them sideline, you know, and I'm already mm-hmm. coming up with this protocol in my head. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing this deeper um spiritual you know, energetic work, as soon as you start coming up with a protocol
1: in your head, like yeah. you're, you're fucking doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, oh man. <laughs> are you, are you right about that? Yeah. This, <laughs> the experience of the application for yeah. me has been, um, you know, I no longer need to remind myself to be humble because I'm constantly being humbled yeah. by spirit. As long as I'm doing this work, yeah, I'll create a protocol. I'll create it. And that's
0: incredibly important, too, because like, okay, so, you know, you're holding space for this Mm -hmm. person, but the container is absolutely essential. And the container is the structure around there. So there has to be, you know, a structured like, you know, for my sessions, like there is absolutely a protocol that I follow. Sure. Um, But within that protocol, I have to be able to. Be open and shapeshift to whatever sort of energy wants to come through yeah. and to be able to help guide that or um, I'm at the whim of whatever energy wants to come through Yeah. and my ability to help someone go further into that is my ability to be open to whatever's coming through them, not whatever my conscious mind or my rational mind is thinking what this person needs.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's, yeah, exactly. You know, you can create the protocol, you can create the outline. And mm-hmm. with a retreat, it's like you have this long five day scenario of yeah. this flow that you want to create. Rarely and, does it ever go. Like, yeah, <laughs> You have times next to them, which is yeah. hilarious yeah. because the entire, you know, the, the epitome of the experience within that retreat is timeless. Yeah. So it's kind of oxymoronic. And so, I mean, time and time again, if I try to control that structure, the more mm-hmm. I try to control it, the more spirits can be like, you know, yeah. I have my spirit. Speaking of spirit, I have the plan. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. This has all been written. Yeah. You're, the, you're, the, you're the person on the stage mm-hmm. being the actor, being the, the play. Trust. Have faith. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how deeply are you willing to surrender? And how deep is your faith? Mm -hmm. Because in moments of really intense experience, especially with medicine, especially Mm -hmm. when you're holding space for your loved ones and you feel their pain Mm -hmm. on a level that's unbelievable. How deep is your faith in the process? And for me, the edges for me have been just sharpened (laughs) really quickly. Yeah, And those spaces cool. with the retreats because yeah. in, in the mall mo- and even this last one, I remember and there was, we had loved ones there, you know, and the people that I cared about my friends mm-hmm. who were suffering Yeah, and I was in a space with the medicine where we had multiple facilitators, like six facilitators there for nine people. So it was, it was meant for me to have this experience. It was very personal. Very individual experience. But I went through this experience of just this dark night of the soul. I went through this experience of of of, of just misery. Because I was feeling what all my friends were feeling. And they were struggling. You know, having digestive issues with Wachuma. And it was beyond that. It was, it was something far beyond that. It was very energetic. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to help them. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. All my training, all my experience, everything was out the window. Yeah. I was lost. And I felt this, this energy <sighs> tighten around me. To, it contra- and tighten around me. And I knew, I was like, I am, I am struggling right now in this moment. Yeah. And it left me to do nothing but rely on the brothers and sisters that we had, we had brought in mm-hmm. to help facilitate that retreat. And so I humbly, like a baby, humble, like I know nothing. Yeah. Watch them express their mastery. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't know what to do, what to say, what to, nothing to the participants, these participants in particular, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I trust, I, 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 you know, I have faith. Like, you know, whatever is supposed to happen here today. It basically, if I die, I die. You know what I mean? Like yeah, to yeah, that yeah. level, um, and then after that, a marriage was mended. A woman never touched her her her, um, her prescription medications, or Red Bull, or coffee, or cigarettes, or anything ever again. Everyone had exactly the experience that they had to have, even in my lacking, I was used as this 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 uh, <laughs> this actor in in the stage of life, yeah. as I cannot help you even though I'm here and I brought you here and I'm, you know at the the person hosting this yeah I can't help you and they had to help themselves and they had to receive that help from from someone else and that really showed me that I know that spirit's looking out for my best interest and when I set the intention of the best interest of everyone in the space in the container that That I am very much so holding, you know, as the the vessel holding the container, when that intention is set, and the intentions are good, and it's clear, that that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. The the thing that they need, those people, those individuals need, is going to come through, is going to come to fruition, no matter what. And that's what that really showed me. And it's, it's, it took my faith to this level that you know, it's undying. Yeah, you don't have to question anything. There's no question anymore. No matter what, I know that everything is gonna happen for the greater good. Everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason. And you know, it's that level of surrender where I'm starting to discover is where true freedom is. Where true freedom lies. Because then you don't have to show up as anything. Yeah. I don't have to show up as 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 a as a a shaman you know quote unquote or a facilitator I don't have to show up as anything because as surrender the intention has been set and so it's almost like an energy there's an essence that you'll carry with you and uh, um, Daniel Daniel Schmidt I think is his last name he wrote he created the documentary Samadhi and it says uh, the perfume of the divine lingers long lingers more as one journeys along their path the fast there is a fast track to this you know and as time goes on as the surrender deepens as the faith increases as spirit is integrated within the human vessel that perfume lingers they can you can sense it you can feel it it attracts you to very specific people yeah attracted us to this conversation right now absolutely and um i'm just discovering that more and more as this time goes on i kind of went off on a tangent there but the profundity of, <laughs> of the, the grand yeah. play. It's there. And and it's the Grand Symphony,
0: brother. Yeah. We're playing our, our musical instruments. Yeah.
1: And and the message to the people that are sitting there listening to this right now, that are unhappy with their lives. There is another way. There is a true salvation there is a true rebirthing there is a true self that is in each and every one of us that is divine that is glorious and whenever we harness that through whatever modality resonates with you yeah. when we harness that then we begin to reflect that our environment begins to reflect that right back at us absolutely and what are so, what are some of the first
0: steps that people take and what for myself is like it's been to do the do the thing that I'm afraid of. Yeah, for you know? sure. Because usually when you're in that, we've all been in those states where it's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah, I don't know what, you know, I, I really don't like what my life is at this moment in time. I don't know what to change. There is a message that's going on inside of you that is probably scaring you to death.
1: Scaring you to death. And and and, it,
0: it, and it's going and it's and it's and it's going to cause you to take a bigger
1: leap than you've ever been able to in your life. And what are you leaping away from? Security. Yeah. And it's not only it's not security in your happiness. No. It's not security in your peace in life and your abundance. It's security of the familiar, even yeah. if it sucks. Which is
0: perceived. peace which is perceived, you know, financial security or or whatever, but you will sit there
1: and rot until you Exactly. And you spoke about identity. Mm -hmm. When we identify with anything Mm -hmm. at all, whether it's our trauma, whether it's a an abusive relationship, you know, and let's speak about the things that are are dark, you know, things Mm -hmm. that that are detrimental that are low vibrational. Because we can identify with things that are low vibrational and that is our security? Mm-hmm. That identity is the thing that we are f- afraid to step away from, afraid to step away from. And so, when people are starting, honestly, start with the basics. But at this point in the trajectory of human consciousness,
0: fucking take the
1: leap. Fucking take the leap. That's where the, <laughs> that's where the the five MEO yeah is. Is oh, your your ide- This is your identity. How about this? Your identity is gone. <laughs> Everything you've ever known in your life, everything you've ever become, everything you've ever experienced, everything you've ever been connected to has been washed. It's like a true baptism. You know, you dip reset, in water all you want. Reset. The cosmic baptism is the reset. And, the cosmic baptism. Yeah. And when people come back from it, they're like, wow, I don't need any of the shit that I'm around right now. I don't need the abusive. I don't need any of that. And they're truly detached from it. So you can meditate. You can do breathwork. Transformational breathwork is is a, an incredibly profound tool that's very similar to that experience. Mm-hmm. But man, w- whenever we're talking about saving the planet and human consciousness and and creating a trajectory for, we need a fast track. The next thousand generations, yeah. The the, the silver bullet, in my opinion, is this molecule right here. It's um, on a shirt, right there. It, yeah. It it. I just the efficiency is unbelievable. You know, and then. It's great. It's amazing. But then, how do we walk with it? And that's where the breath work, the meditation, and and you can see it. You know, there's there's more you and I's being born into. Mm -hmm. You know, coming into this this understanding, and with their own unique gifts. Mm -hmm. There's more apps dropped every day for breath work, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. meditation. All of my circle is is working on building their empire of mm-hmm. of greatness to bring greatness to the world to bring healing to the world and and i love it because i'm just able to help with all of them you know like, yeah <laughs> put my little exactly. bit of energy into each and every one of them as i'm watching it happen like it's happening you mm-hmm. know and it's it's you can look at it from a distance and scoff you know and say it's woo woo yeah until you experience it and i've i've watched judges Police officers, atheists, um, the yeah. list goes on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. Devout Christians, as soon as they experience God.
0: Which is experiential.
1: Which is experiential. You know, not, we're going to tell you about it. And, yeah, yeah, say the Lord's Prayer. You could feel yeah. it. You could feel it. It resonates in your heart space because you're connected to that in because it's an energy. Until you experience it fully, you don't know. It, it, there's no way to know. there's no way to understand until you experience it fully. And that's my message to everyone It's scary to to experience that yeah. until you do. and then it's the update. you know it's it's the new way. it's the the new earth and I'm I call it the update because man, I've seen it it's, it's what I've seen it do is just update, 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 update. It's almost like going from Windows 94 to the brand new Mac. And it's quickly, quickly and boom, hearts open. And now with that, that ripple effect, it's going to open the hearts of a thousand. And then those will open the hearts of thousands more. And then within the next few years, we'll have an enlightened society. Mm. Um, And that's the the intention. And it seems to be what the trajectory is, that this will be the new normal. And that I will, love that new normal. <laughs> <laughs> and that we'll be experiencing yeah. this as a, as a collective tribe mm. and collective consciousness.
0: Mm. Yeah, brother. Thank you for all that you do and all that yeah. you carry with you and, and your message to the world. And, and I, really, I really feel it emanate from you from the minute you stepped into my house. Awesome. So I, I can't you. wait to uh, collab and to just see what yeah. web we we weave together brother thank you for the medicine that you you share and that you bring to the world thank
1: you brother likewise back back at you i mean this is so i love how synchronistic this is with our mutual friend dan he, yeah like, check out steven jaggers he puts people in these crazy yoga positions tells them to breathe into it and next thing you know they're yeah they're cathartically releasing their you know all this energy I'm like yeah that sounds like a guy i want to hang out with <laughs> uh But yeah, I'm so excited to collaborate and to create and to, you know, just witnessing this web being created and this web becoming tighter and tighter and tighter Mm -hmm. and the world gets smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and smaller. And um, I'm just honored and humbled, you know, where the idols become friends and, and, and you see each other eye to eye. It's like unbelievable so yeah just a blessing man or,
0: or we truly are in this together so where uh, can people connect with you deeper uh, figure out the retreats and you know maybe uh, come experience
1: yeah so connect and evolve on Instagram it's just one word connect and evolve my website's connect dot com so people can go there and kind of look at everything there's tons of offerings and all kinds of free stuff and fun stuff on there integration protocols on there primarily. So if anybody's had a tough time with integrating their plant medicine experience, they just go to connect and com forward slash integration and they can find resources there. Mm. Um, we have retreats uh, quite often. Um, we're having one t- starting tomorrow <laughs> and grace Grove, Yeah. For five days, but the next one's in April. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to have several more this year and the retreats are the most powerful way to come really experience the full the full yeah cup of Kool Aid if you will. <laughs> if uh you know, and the thing is people just need to show up and and then they're done. I Meaning we have yeah. super high vibrational food, room is taken care of, the the retreats planned out and mapped out for you. We're gonna meet you where you are and, and bring you on this journey of of wellness and healing, but it's gonna be very uniquely your experience. Whenever you're there, the connection to the tribe is, is another huge thing. Those circles, they never break. Yeah, Those chats stay pretty darn busy. Yeah. I'm getting messages a lot and they're all from the yeah. WhatsApp group chats, you know, or the signal group chats. Um, but I love working one-on-one with people, hosting circles, you know, hosting medicine circles, talking about medicine, breaking down, becoming vulnerable, just seeing people eye to eye and and experiencing, you know, that truth. Um, And yeah, it's something that everybody wants more of. Um, There's also online resources, all that good stuff. But really people uh, can just reach out to me. I like to be, you know, maintain a lot of approachability and and a a lot of humility in in my path. And I'm setting the intention by saying that for that to be consistent through the future. Um, So just messaging me on Instagram or sending me an email um, and we'll talk and see what the best route is for that individual because everybody needs something unique. Absolutely. Everybody has a very specific um, journey in me and me and, and path. And so catering to each individual person is something that um, is necessary. And yeah, we're super happy to do that.
0: <laughs> Amazing, brother. Yeah, bro. Amazing, brother. Well, I'm sure we'll hop on and jam out again soon. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing your story Thanks, and your man. insights as well, brother. Thank you, man. All right. Be blessed, everybody. Peace.